0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Way of Wealth podcast. I am your host, Jesse Johnson, and I went from being a New York City high school math teacher ineffectively trying to change the world to building my own seven-figure coaching business in under two years. Wherever you're listening from, I want you to know it is your birthright to make money with ease and grace as you serve the world. I've helped thousands of people move out of the shame, frustration, and confusion of not having enough and onto a sustainable path of prosperity. This is my mastery, and in this podcast, I've got the tools and teachers to guide you on the way of wealth. I'm so glad you're here. Let's do this. Yes. So, so, so excited to be here. Anasa Troutman, welcome. Hello. It's me. I'm here. We made it. Anasa and I met literally a week ago. Is that right? <laughs> was it a whole week already? Yes. It was one week ago. And we met through our mutual friend, Ra Goddess, the incredible. Who's been on your show the one and only. Day. And there were, I don't know, maybe 28, 25 of us in this little gathering. And we were definitely, I felt we were meeting to kind of have like a tete-a-tete Like, let's talk about what the fuck is happening in the world right now. And I just, like, let Ra offered to facilitate this conversation. I trust her completely to do this. So she had all of us check in, how you doing? I think it was a super simple question. Like, what's on your heart? And everyone, like, 24 out of 25 people were like, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like hard
0: times. Anasa gets on. I am fantastic. I mean, (laughs) I'm feeling good. And I was like, this woman. I want to know this woman. Immediately followed her on Instagram. Asked her to be on the interview. I didn't do any further research before agreeing to do this. Yeah. It was such a full yes.
2: As was I. Thank you for having me. That is what you just described as my experience in the last two and a half weeks. Everyone's like, oh, uh, yeah. thinking, How are you doing in these difficult times? Is everything um, okay? And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. No, come on! <laughs> Which times are you in?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you? Where are you watching on TV? Because you're watching the wrong thing, boo. So. I, we're going to go more into like actually what you do for a living and how you help people and stuff like that. But I want to start right there, Anasa. Like, how is it that you, wh- why do you think your experience is so different from all these other people that you're in these rooms with and these conversations with?
2: You know, it's so funny. Cause I was just talking to my, um, I have a, I grew up with a, a group of, <laughs> I'm like going to sound like we're in a cult. We were not in a cult. I promise we were not. <laughs> But I grew up in my family and our extended family was very um, nurturing culturally for us. Mm. Like, that's why my name is Anasa. My sister's name is Nandi. His name is Timba. We, you know, our Taiwo and Swana, like, we we have all West African names. Our parents not being able to, to draw a direct connection to a tribal land or a homeland created this, like, mm cobbled together a semblance of cultural belonging for us mm. and so we've been talking about black liberation since the day before we were born and um, you know the brilliance and beauty of blackness is what was infused in us as children so it was like you are dope because you're black you are dope because you are a girl I, we never got the work twice as hard to get half as much speech never never it was always you can do whatever you want you can be whatever you want you can have whatever you want and it wasn't like the other side, which is like, you just have to work. It wasn't that. It was just like, you get to be whoever you want because you were born and that's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, <laughs> so what I see when I turn on the TV or when I go outside and I see like literally a global, a global uprising for the value of black life, what I see is a reflection of what I've been taught from being a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, what y'all should have been doing this whole time. So I'm like, hell yeah! I'm excited. I've been waiting for all of y'all to figure out what was going on. And like, yes, it's hard, but we've been suffering for literally 500 years here, right? Between indigenous you know, genocide and enslaved uh, Africans, we've been suffering 500 years. So, like, yeah, I know it feels real crappy to you right now, but for me, it's I'm celebrating because finally there's the kind of empathy that allows us to have a transformative moment. And that is exciting as hell to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, so like woo! Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be confused. Be, confused, be con- I'm like yes, I'm here for all of it. I'm uh, all of it. Did Did you notice a
1: difference growing up? You said your 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 upbringing was was infused with all of this positive mindset. Did you mm-hmm. Did you see a difference between you and it other was- kids around you?
2: That's so interesting, I mean the thing that was that is interesting in your question is that my house was the house that every kid wanted to be at ah. because my house was the house that was open it was like it was the house that was nurturing, it was the house that was like records and books and artwork and you know it was the ah. house of community and um I think because my parents were because my parents went back to school when I was two years old so my father became a physician and my mother became an attorney so like on one side we were these weird like afrocentric like you know i remember <laughs> i remember my father standing on the steps one day in a dashiki saying i will never wear a suit that's a white man's uniform like i swear to god like i don't <laughs> and but and he was a position and my mom was an attorney. We lived in the suburbs in a in a split level three-story house with a giant backyard. And so like on one hand, there were like these complete and utter revolutionaries who made us do book reports about black history on the summertime. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, there were like respected professional mm-hmm. community leaders. And so like where you would normally see families like ours and people would be like, oh those that's the weird family? That's the weird black family. Mm-hmm. They that that never I never thought about this before, but that we didn't, we didn't have that because there were, it was a black doctor and a black lawyer married to each other in the 80s. So we was like the legit Huxtable. So they, Hmm. people pay even more attention to the lifestyle. And then it was like, not just in our house. It was like my father started a private practice and he was like having 20 black people meditating in our living room at night. And it was like, what a, what a fortune. My mother was a, you know, worked for the States. So she was a deputy attorney general and she was like doing work for people. Like they weren't like, we're going to get these degrees and make this money. They were like, we're going to get these degrees and serve these people. Mm. And so there was a, a um, an entry point point, an unusual entry point for people because they were black professionals at a time where like, it was not, it was not um, pop not popular, but it wasn't prevalent to have that kind of mm. um, level of professional in your, in one house. But it was like people walked through the respectability door and then walked into African culture when they got inside the house. And mm-hmm. so um, it was a unique way to grow up. I didn't know it was unique for a long time, but now I'm like, hmm. mm-hmm. I was talking to my godbrother today and he was like, we're the last of a dying breed. It's like, there's not, there's not, I don't know any other two people who had the experience that he and I had growing up mm-hmm. together. I just don't. Mm-hmm.
0: Shree, what is it like when you hear Anasa describe her childhood?
1: Well, it, it's, it's reminding me that I, I went to an elementary school where I was forced to learn about Black culture. Mm. And, 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 and this is something, yeah, something, something similar in, in, in what you share. Uh, in the area that I'm only realizing the power of that just, just recently. Like, you know, like Madam C.J. Walker. They, there's this new yeah. Netflix show, you know? And I and I saw the name and I'm like, I know that name. You know? <laughs> and it's so great to, like, know. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's all beautiful. just because I went to a school where they were like, okay, you got to know this person. You got to know this person. You got to know this person. These are the people that did epic things that had your same skin color. You should know it. And at the time, I didn't really, I, I wasn't fully into it. I was just like, okay, this is something that I just you know, I'm being made to learn. Mm. Um, and so I didn't fully value it at the time, you know, so, and now it's like coming full circle. I'm experiencing that full, that full value yeah. because now I get to participate in the conversation in a, in a, in a certain kind of way. Yeah.
2: yeah, I think for what it did for us was just give us a different footing to stand on as we developed into adults, because most you know, most popular culture tells black kids that they that they don't have any value. Mm-hmm. Yes. But our parents really very carefully curated the culture that we took in. Like the art product, the, the film, TV, music, books. I never, ever had a white doll. Never. Not one. Mm, not yeah. one. My mother my was, mom was the same not way. in my house. Yep. <laughs>
1: It's tripping me out right now. I'm like, oh yeah, my mom did the same thing.
2: Like, books, if if somebody bought me, I remember having a a birthday party and having somebody buy a book where there was a, a, um, like, white kids in the book, and my mother legit took crayons and colored all the kids brown in the book so that I could, I always saw myself everywhere I went, I always saw myself. And it, and it always gave me, like, the confidence to know that, like, no matter what, like, no matter what you say, I have a um, TED Talk about this. I tell the story of how the first time I was called the N-word, I was seven years old, just by myself on the beach. And this man in the truck just drove by and yelled the word out to me. And even in moments like that, <clears throat> like, my first thought was, like, ha, what a fool. Like, does he not know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's so healthy. Yeah. It's such a beautiful response. I just like want to transmit that exact response into all bodies everywhere. What a yeah. beautiful thing! It's a big difference. And I'm not
2: saying I haven't had issues with confidence or things like that in my life, because I certainly have. But it's my my issues have never been around like my value as a human because of my gender or my race. Never for a second. Never mm-hmm. for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. It's a gift. It's like a humongous, humongous gift that my parents gave me, and and our, all my um, uncles and aunties. It was an, a tremendous gift that I, I really want for every person to have.
0: Anasa, tell us a little bit about how you help people. What do you, what do you what are you doing with your time?
2: I think the my most natural form of mastery is love. I think that mm-hmm. is like my natural superpower. I pride myself on being a person who makes people feel like somebody loves them, no matter what. Like I could be t- dogging you out, tearing you up if, to filth, like te- tearing you, telling you all the terrible things about yourself, and you're gonna know it's because I love you, not because I'm mad.
0: Mm.
2: And so that's like my favorite thing about myself is that when people come around me, they know somebody loves them. Um, but what I do from a utilitarian standpoint and, like, how do I help people and how do I really work to transform the world is through storytelling. Loving someone is honoring your connection to them in word and deed. There you go. I said it. Now, the trick is. Wait, what was that? Can you say that one more time? Loving is honoring your connection to another in word and deed. Mm-hmm. So, that could be like another person. It could be another bunny rabbit. It could be a tree. It could be the ocean. It could be the cosmos, like whatever it is. Mm. But the trick is that presupposes that you believe that we're all connected. Mm.
0: Because
2: if you don't believe that we're connected, then it allows you to do things to people that can range from spitting on someone to committing genocide. Because that's how you get to be violent when you dismiss your connection to another being. Mm -hmm. But when you know, like when you're like, No matter what, we are all connected. And then you say, like, to love someone, I need to honor that connection in word and deed. Then the question becomes, like, what is your actual connection and what does it look like to honor that connection? So, like, what does it mean to love someone who you're married to is different than what does it mean to love someone who is a stranger who is a woman on the shores of a beach in India who you will never meet how do you love her knowing that you're connected to her you will never meet her you'll never see her face you'll never hold her children's hand but how do you love her and then how do you love someone who's harmed you Who? how do you love someone who's harmed your, your you and your interpersonal life and someone who is like someone who has harmed you generationally like how do you love someone mm like that. No names necessary. Right. Yeah. Um, and the biggest question that I always have to ask myself is like, what does that mean for your relationship with yourself? Like what is your actual connection to yourself and how do you actively love yourself? And so to me, this idea of love is like, it's so complex because there's so many different answers and like none of it's easy. None of it, none of it's easy being an honorable person. Number one, is not easy at all. Like, you just got to always be present and paying attention and focused. But, like, to have to be honorable with someone else and your connection to that person means that you always have to be vigilant and you have to be compassionate and you have to be vulnerable. You have to be all the things that we are taught not to be mm. in our culture. So, um. Mm. If we grew up a certain way, maybe loving would be more easy. But the way we are taught, as a, at least in America, is like, mind your business, right? Yeah. Don't, don't share the secrets. Yeah. Don't let them see you sweat. Mm-hmm. Don't like, all, don't like all the things that we're taught are literally the opposite of loving. Yeah. Literally mm-hmm. the opposite of loving. And mm-hmm. so, in order for us to become loving people, we first have to unlearn all the, like, the things that keep us behind our gate Mm -hmm. and um and and then you have to like lean into as an adult with a spiritual belief system like do i actually believe that we're all connected do i actually believe that because if you don't you're screwed from the gate right Uh, uh, yeah it's It's like the basic understanding (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. like is Mm -hmm. water wet well then you know what's going to happen when you get in the ocean. Well, like, uh-huh. if you don't feel connected to other people, like, if you don't cultivate who you are as a spiritual being and and it's like we all have those threads all over our being that's connected to literally every being that ever existed and ever will exist, like, if you can learn how to imagine that that is true, then it makes the path to learning how to love a lot easier. You know, <laughs> from, from,
1: from that space, you can just get messy, you know? Like, from the understanding that we are all... Equal, the understanding that love is the main um, is, is the main goal here, yeah. mm-hmm. then you can you can kind of live from that space and just get messy with it, you know. Just get even with these conversations, like especially with Black Lives Matter. For me, it's a messy conversation, you know. It, and and it, it, how do I feel safe in that? Is just knowing that equality, knowing that that love is my main focus. Mm-hmm. So I love that, and I I agree Perfect. with you
2: that Thank that's. You, um, I agree with you too. Yeah. Because that's just it. It's like that. And th- the thing that makes that all that, what I said so important is because it is going to get messy. There's no question about whether or not the mess is going to show up <laughs> because, yeah. because yeah. We're, human, we're human and mm-hmm. we don't know everything and we don't know everybody and we're scared and we have triggers and all that stuff. So it's, it's going to be messy. And if you can just stand in love and know that love doesn't mean that you have to be agreeable, right? Yeah. Then you or can feel be, good or feel good. Thank you. Or feel good. Jesse. Mm-hmm. Love does not mean you are going to feel good. It does yeah. not mean that. Mm-hmm. That you're going to feel love which sometimes feels like anguish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You want to run away. You want to fight and yell and scream, but you're like, but I love them. Yeah. It's, and I it's the same awesome.
1: like, you we fall in love with the part of yourself that is in anguish. You fall in love with the part of yourself that's frustrated. So you keep the love going and mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't like block off emotions. You're, you're able to welcome it all in yep. and, and stay in love. And at the same time, honor mm-hmm. frustration, honor anger, honor sadness. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, Anasa, I feel so <laughs> grateful as we hit the hour and eight minute yeah. mark. I love that oh sacred God. 108 number. Yeah. I, uh, like it. I just want to thank happy. you.
2: I thank you for whatever you saw to invite me on in that little three three minutes I was on that call acting crazy. I appreciate you seeing it and inviting me on. I really enjoy my time with you.
0: I'm I'm so grateful. I feel like I don't deserve your mercy, and I'm real <laughs> grateful to have it anyway. You are the impression of increase. Yeah. You you have yeah. So how can we help? Let that be the last question. What can mm-hmm. Sri and I and or anyone who's who's watching this? Yeah. Live or on the replay. What can we do to help
2: you? What a great question. Um, I think that there are a couple of things. I have two main projects. One is historic Claiborne Temple that I talked about earlier. Historic Claiborne Temple.
0: Okay, great.
2: Clayborn dot Claiborne Claiborne.org. C L A Y B O R N dot org. Claiborne.org.
0: Great.
2: Is our website. And um, we are in the middle of a historic preservation restoration of a sacred black space that was really all about the intersection of race, class, and militarism, and how we build a world where everyone has access to joy, abundance, and life everlasting. Because that's what we want for everybody. Amen. And so, if you're interested in any of that work, um, you can go to that site. You can look at what we're doing. We're actually starting a, um, a community engagement process tomorrow that folks can participate in. If you go go to the website, you can sign up um, or you can donate to our building fund because we're raising $12 million. So we're about to go into our second phase probably in September. So that's really really exciting. And the other body of work that I have is called The Big We. It's really my own brand. Um, I've been a storyteller and entrepreneur for my whole adult life. It's weird that I'm running a nonprofit that is so not me. I don't know how I got here, but I am. My real life is as an entrepreneur and a producer and a cultural strategist. And you can go on wethebigwe.com and we have a podcast. We have the content from the wellness of we up there. There's some information about the holiday I invented called family fantasy extravaganza for people who don't want to celebrate Thanksgiving anymore. This just all kind of fun stuff on the big we. Um, and we just started a, a community called the Weverse. So, people can actually join. We, like, literally put it up last night. I didn't even tell anybody. This is the first time I'm talking about it publicly. But we can, we're going to be having groups like healing for black folks, healing circles for white folks. You know, all kinds of wonderful things are going to happen in the Weverse. And um, we just started our season three. I think our season three, episode one, went up today. So, like, there's lots of content and lots of juicy stuff. Follow me on Instagram, all the places, and I'll let you know what, what I need. (laughs) <laughs> but y'all seem so pray for, good you want to help me pray for me how about that yeah and pray for all yes. anasa
0: this is going to be the beginning i believe of a long <laughs> relationship <laughs> i um, hope so super super grateful i um, we'll we'll put those links into the show notes when we post this more officially and everybody who's here live please spread the word. I think that this is one of the most valuable interviews we've done on this subject um, so man, far. I would really like for everyone to see it. Thank you. So if you're feeling it, share it, send it to your family, send it to your friends, post it on your page, follow Anasa, give her love to all these projects that she's working on. And I'll tell you one more thing that I think would be helpful. Absolutely.
2: I just want to serve people right now in this moment where people are confused I don't know what to do. I, I would encourage folks to watch my TED Talk and, mm. and story. And then like for people who are who are who people who need like a 101 into this conversation. I think that TED talk is a really good entry point for people. Um yeah, so that's what I will offer to people Great.
0: Like
2: how I can be helpful.
0: Lord and you are beautiful in this TED talk. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right I'm great so <laughs> So, if you want to find that right now, Anasa Troutman TED Talk, you will find it immediately. There's no competition, and we'll put that in the show notes as well.
2: Thank y'all so much. It was good to meet you, Shree. Thank you so much, Anasa. What a blessing. Mm. All right. See you. Beautiful. Love Bless you. y'all.
0: Blessings and love. Bless you <laughs> yeah thanks for listening to the way of wealth podcast y'all you are doing great you're amazing you can't help it it's just who you are want more subscribe and visit jessejohnsoncoaching.com enjoy the journey